This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! of the High Hopes Podcast. Don't let that yo delude you. We will be crushing this baseball team, Aaron Nola tonight excluded. But what that yo is all about is it is welcome to another edition of the High Hopes Podcast presented by Miller Lite. What up, baby? We big time, Fritzy. Did you know what it is? It's Miller time, Jack. Yep, James and I, we are officially Miller Lite guys. Uh, and Always have been, Jack, and it's Miller Lightman. That's what we yes. are. We're Miller Lightman. Um, and I listen. I I'm not one to spring ideas on you in the middle of podcast <laughs> yes, or no, yes, great I, I or yes or new bits. But I have an official. I have an official new bit oh, for. Good. I can't wait to find out what it is along well, with the rest of the listening audience. This well, because great. frankly, frankly, James, like I, I've been bitless for a while now. You have. Um, Honestly, I, people have been talking about it. You know, it's kind of been whispered a little bit. Has he lost his edge? Is he kind of getting complacent? But I'm happy to hear your back, even if I don't know what this is. So. Yes, but I think you'll be on board. I think you'll I be hope on board. So. I mean, I better be. It's going to be and, really, it's going to be a really awkward. Miller Lite comes on board and then we have a pod beef right away. I mean, that would be pretty awkward. So I better be on board. Yeah, so um, I've just been bitless for a while now. You know, last really big movement I had was run for its run, and and obviously that was a a massive success. That <laughs> yeah, okay, that, that brought many... the town the title it's been waiting for. If, well, hey, 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 it did bring them five straight wins. Uh, plus well, they won eight straight. Honestly, that. that is yeah, that is a uh, an unbelievable achievement in this era of Phillies baseball. So. Yes. So uh, please put respect on that. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So I, I finally realized it with Miller Lite coming on board. The official movement of the High Hopes podcast, our listeners, you and me, is Miller Lights for Phil's wins, baby. Every Phil's win, crack open an ice cold Miller Lite <laughs> and we enjoy it together. Because honestly, you're going to need some Miller Lights, you know, as we're watching uh, a Phil's bullpen. Like if, if you come through, they win, they hang on. You're going to need a beer to kind of calm your nerves down a little bit. And there's no other beer we'd rather do that with than, than Miller Lights. So um, Miller Lights for Phil's wins is, uh, is going to be exciting. And I look forward to hopefully consuming... I don't know, James, maybe at least 65 more at a minimum for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's hope, buddy. Let's more. hope. 65 more. Yes, modest, a, little... a, mo- a modest goal. Um, 86 wins. Let's do it. Honestly, you know, let's let's do it. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm in for – I'm in to just drink Miller Lights all game. 
and then, you know, crack one for a victory. I would like them to force me to crack one for a victory. We'll get to the team. More about us, Jack. All right. This is about us, not about the team that had a thank God they won this game, buddy. By the way, and it's probably only because of this Miller Light thing. Um, some some stuff to get to with this because, you know, uh, we are the official Miller Light Phillies podcast. So, you know, that is uh, that is pretty cool. Um, Miller Light Mil- official Miller Light Phillies podcast. I don't know if we can say we're just the Miller Light podcast. I we're said not, Phillies. Are you listening to me? We, I said well, are we br- I don't know. Like, do you want to break down hops? Like, should we start breaking down pilsners and, and what I mean, makes we Miller could Light do some be- so I many just, calories, did, so little calories, I did work and so at much a brewery taste. Once upon a time, Jack Fritz. So, you know, uh, nice. I, Same. I, I could. T- yeah, I know. I could talk about it. Um, look, uh, we're going to have a lot of awesome stuff with this too. This is, um, the cool thing about Miller Lite is they're like really going to be involved with, with some awesome events for us. We're going to have multiple high hopes nights down at the ballpark, including one coming up really soon, Jack, June 11th. We're going to be doing high hopes night down at the ballpark. Yeah. So if the you ring the bell, a ring the bell, high hopes night. Yeah, so if you're planning to come to our other event that we're gonna have June 11th, reschedule it and 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 uh, divert your attention towards June 11th down at the ballpark. Uh, I remember last year, like it was just so much fun. Like, um, like we were supposed to just hang out before the game and just uh, then go down to our seats. Ended up just hanging out and talking to our people, high hopes people, um, for the entire game. So um, the entire time, the entire time, we stayed yeah, the entire so, game up there. I think we're uh, I think we're scheduled to have only two high hopes nights this year, uh, and this is one of them. And I know it's fast, and I feel bad that it's so fast. Um, you know that that's kind of creeping up on people and and kind of coming out of nowhere. But obviously, uh, we love to see everyone down there if we can. So we'll have this event, which will be fun, June eleventh uh, at the Miller Life Flight Deck. You know what my problem is, James. Like I'm very excited that that Miller <laughs> that Miller Light is is involved with the podcast. Like a long time coming. I, I very much enjoy Miller Light beers. I was drinking it regardless. I can't say Miller Light right. Like I can't say it. I just heard I, you stumble with it. There. I know. I I literally have to pause and think every time I say Miller. Like I gotta like really enunciate it. Why? It's not hard. This is not like, uh, you know. I've always uh, been bad at it. A difficult word to say. I was trying to think of a difficult word to say. It's not like perspicacity or something like that, Jack. That's not a word. That's not a word. word. That is a word. I know, but it's, it, so so as we go along with, with with this journey with Miller Lite, I gotta get it down because it, it it for some reason the way I talk it, it just trips it trips me up. So here's um, what you need to do. So inside baseball on Fritzy, you know Jack will do some some you know test monologues like during the day, like when he's you know at work coming, you know because we all practice and work on stuff, and he'll like do an open or whatever. And I think what you need to do is add to your your practice schedule to just kind of say Miller Lite into a microphone like a hundred times a day. Maybe if that's what it takes, but it's literally been my whole life. So now what usually happens, James, is that when people bully me about something, I immediately change because um, like I don't. So no. you bullied me. 
you've bullied me about a lot of stuff in the past. That, <laughs> no, you might, um, yeah, I'm a bully. That's me. That I have, that I've been like, okay, am I wrong in this instance? And uh, I have just committed myself to never being embarrassed again. Um, and I will do that with Miller Lite. I will get it right. But I'm just, hey, this is a trust tree. This is an honest podcast. We are very much ourselves. And I, I struggle to say Miller Lite. Like, I don't know why. I, I, it's nothing personal. Um, I hope you don't stop sponsoring the podcast now. But this is, yeah, not I, ideal. I mean, it's not the, the, the greatest I'm entree. I'm going to work on it. Yeah, we'll make it better. Miller Lite, I have no problem saying Yeah, you have no problem with <laughs> yeah, it. You sound way too natural saying it. <laughs> Me, I'm like Miller Lite. Miller Lite. It, it might be partially in your head as well. Oh, <laughs> for sure. I got the brocious yips over here for Miller Lite. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, we're sponsored Fritz can't talk. I love it. But it's always been this way, and it's always been my—it's always been my worry if they sponsor the podcast. Like, oh, we have a guy who can't even say our name right, and it's like one of the easiest things in the English language to say is Miller. Like, why? Why can't he say it right? He can say who let the Phillies get hot. He can say like Aaron Nola's back. Yeah. But when it comes to Miller, he can this correct guy me on every baseball name I've ever said wrong. Yeah, and yeah. So, um, listen, I'm a, I'm a, I will work on it. I will nail by the end. Well, I hope the partnership never ends, but, um, how about by the the end of the season? Can we get it good by the end of the season? By the end of the season, we'll, Well, uh, you know, like, look, I'm the one who has to say at the beginning of every pod. So you're, you know, that helps you a little bit. You don't have to, you know, say it at the open. That's a good thing. We can, we can kind of, you know, mix it in throughout, make it kind of, uh, you know, look at this. Who knew Uh, you, you come in with a bit and maybe we get a bit out of thin air, you know? When you're as in on the bit game as I am, they kind of just come out of nowhere sometimes. <laughs> oh so I totally get it. Um, but listen, I, I, as we hopefully watch the Phillies grow and, and, yeah, they and better, we're seeing it. We're going to get to the Phillies. Don't worry. We will. We, got we will. But as we hopefully see their growth process and their growth mindset, I hope that everyone joins me in my journey in my own growth of being able to properly say Miller Lite. I believe in you, buddy. I believe in you with everything that I have. Because, like, if I can't believe that you can learn to say Miller Lite right, then we might want to just end this podcast. Because I I need to expect more from you over the course of this pod. Is that fair? It's fair. It's more than fair. (laughs) It it really is. It really is. So We're setting a low um, bar. We're setting a low bar with this one. Just say the name right of something that's not hard to say. An incredibly low bar, which, you know, I like. I'm a fan of that. Yeah, Jack, yeah. Jackie Fultz over here. Jackie good. Fultz. All right, so June 11th. Hey, Jack's right. We apologize it's so quick. Obviously, if we could have picked the exact one uh, for the first one, it would be a little more time. But, you know, maybe you already have plans for June 11th. You can just kind of pivot those plans. There'll be more details about it on WIP. We're hoping to be able to give tickets away and all that type of stuff. So we'll see how it all kinds of goes. We're not sure exactly about that, but there will be another one and there will be some other like smaller high hopes nights throughout the season. We're going to be doing other events like this is going to be a a pretty cool thing where it's going to get us the chance to get out and see people, which, you know, you've heard us talk about the high hopes nights we've done in the past. And that's, you know, like our favorite thing we've ever done with the pod, you know, so um, getting to meet everybody is is the best part of this because, you know, we all take this excruciating journey together. And, you know, it's nice when you can, you know, put a face to the tweet or put a face to the listener or whatever and 
and you know commiserate together in person because it does you know feel better to know that we're not alone right jack uh yes and and our our people are always so so nice uh when we meet them in person <laughs> yeah so, the best uh and my favorite my favorite is when everyone's kind of in on the bit so I, I i maybe i should have been so outward in my struggles with saying miller light <laughs> like uh, i no, just I rush it like i just i'm really rush happy it. i'm really happy you you felt <laughs> See, that's the point. That's why I'm going to meet everyone because everyone is so nice. And you felt comfortable enough well, to no, bring but this now, to the but table. But now people are going to be like, hey, what is this? And then hand me the Miller Lite. And then I'll have to say it over and over and over again. I support that in every way, shape, and form. So it'll be, it'll be good. All right. So we'll have more details. And uh, also shout out to the Miller Lite account of the week. If you're in the Exton area, check out Appetites on Main in Exton. Miller Lite $3 draft specials for Philly games and have a dog-friendly patio as we are a dog-friendly podcast. You have all heard oh, Ruben. Sure. You've all heard Ruben many times on this podcast if you're a loyal listener. All right. Um, more it's a cool fo- spot. I've been there before. It's a, it's a nice little uh, nice little spot in a good little area in uh, the Exton little uh, outside mall area. So good beer, good times, good Phil's wins, good Miller Lights. Miller Lights for Phil's wins. Miller Lights celebrate responsibly, Jack. And Miller Lite, I think there's no better way as we as we pivot to Phillies baseball. No other better way than than to welcome Miller Lite to the podcast. And the first Phillies thing we say to be fire Joe Girardi, Jack. Like, can we please get rid of this guy? I know we won today, but this series in Atlanta, and somehow I know in the end of it, they they split the series. You know, they split the series. It feels like they lost 10 games in a row with those two games in the middle. And, you know, obviously we'll get into the the bullpen stuff and then just the lack of energy, the lack of fire from him and this team all season long and all that type of stuff. But um, I, I just I feel so despondent with him as the the general of this baseball team. It feels like this team takes their cues from him and the cues are – you know, eh, it's it's early. It's fine. You know, we can lose some games. It's not that big a deal. And then you look up at the end of the season and the Mets are 10 games up and you're, you know, three games out of a wild card spot. You know, I, I don't know. Um, where are you at right now with Girardi? Because I think clearly it is the, the number one kind of thing hovering around this team and there's a lot to get into. But Girardi feels like, you know, it's been a, it's been a rough week for Joe Girardi, Jack. Yeah, and um, you know, it kind of feels like it really is Miller time to fire him. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Pretty good, right? Oh, it was really good. It's either really good or really, really, really bad. And either way, I'm really, really a fan of it. So that was terrific. I mean, Miller Light, you're welcome. You know, you should have come on board sooner. This is the content you were missing, and you will get moving forward. So you're welcome. The hashtag, hey, hey, guess what? It's also Miller time to go on a run. Um, So, all right. Listen, <laughs> oh, I know it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to bounce back from. from I, like, I'm, I'm wondering if I should just like it's Fritz of Seltzer. We'll see you later. Just add that because that's that, that, that's you know we're there. We did it. Um. So the Phillies uh, this year have the same record as the 2009 Yankees. So maybe <laughs> oh, what a what a pivot right there. Maybe Strong. they're both slow starters. No. Um. I. 
you know, I, so <laughs> I do this whole thing where I talk myself into the Phillies and then I, cause I genuinely like it. All I want to believe in is my baseball team. You know, if I can't believe in many things in life, like the qu- good quality taste of Miller light <laughs> and, and a good baseball team, I just don't know really like it's, it's just, it kills my soul, frankly. And even when I was like trying to talk myself into, into them being a good team and I was trying to say, okay, I can go all in. I can, I can cannonball off the deep end and I can, I can truly believe that they are going to be able to compete at the top of the division. The one thing that was always holding me back was, do I believe in the manager? And I was never a big, you know, manager guy. Like I just, I just felt like in most good clubhouses, I felt like the players kind of police themselves. And I kind of felt like, um, you know, there's nothing they can really do, especially in, in AL style baseball that is now in the NL. And like for the first time, he has literally cost this team it's it's at least been five games. Yeah, I, mean, I was gonna say not, five at least too. It, it's it's been it's hard to do the whole like a manager blows a game, but it's just the the decisions that you see they don't make logical sense, and you know how it's gonna end before you even give it before the the inning is even over. Like feels like a loss is is a bit, but also at the same time, like they legitimately do every time. Like it, it's not, they, it does. They do feel like losses. So, um, <laughs> that's like, it's like every night. It's every I know. Night well, it it's like funny that, that you so. say that. Cause I see the tweet and I'm like, I know it's a bit, but yeah, it really feels like a loss. <laughs> yeah, they're well timed. They're well timed for a reason. Um, but it's just, it, it frustrates me how little of, want to it seems like there is um from him and you see how they play and you see how they are at home you see just the the even the play last night I know it's not the manager's fault but like the lack of accountability and then Odubel's back out there tonight and yes it mattered because Odubel got the big hit late and 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 that's that's good and and they needed that hit but it's like what did they really learn from that like they learned that it's okay to make a mistake there and, and and JT talked last night about we why does this keep happening to us? It's like, well, because there's there's no accountability. There's no there's no uh, hey if you do repercussions. That wrong, you're out. Yeah, there's no repercussions. Yeah, so you know I've seen the last two days go play. I've seen them not look fired up. I've seen them not have energy, and it just continually looks like they're taking after the lead of their manager. Like uh, for example, I felt the same way as I do about Girardi. Um, as I did about Gabe, because I felt like Gabe was the same way where he's like, nah, it's not a big deal. Like it's still early. And then it was like August and they still were playing the same way. Um, and what Gabe, I believe took with him out to San Francisco was like, nah, screw that. Like, we're going to be aggressive all the time. We're going to come and we're going to try to beat you every single night. Um, and you know, I think that that team has kind of taken on the persona of their manager. They're doing the whole breaking of the unwritten rules and they're, they're kind of, they're, they're trying to win and grind out every inch. And you, you see this team, they don't do that. And then I look at Buck Showalter and what he's created up there with, with the whole uh, us against the world with getting hit by pitches. And he's, he was crying the other night over a player. Like 
players respond to that stuff. And and here I just don't see any player response to anything that he does. And and he seems, you know, kind of tired after games. And um, you know, as a fan, as you and I are, and and as our listeners are, like I'm just telling you how I feel as a fan watching Joe Girardi is I still don't get the sense that he wants to be here. And it it just looks like a big if we don't, we don't. And and that's just frustrating for a a a group of fans of you and I that are are on the verge of going eleven seasons without making the playoffs. So I, I can sense at some points he's frustrated, but I don't see any fire. And I just think that a large portion of why they look so lethargic a lot of the times is a reflection of the manager. Dude, I you just hit on everything I was gonna say. Like that was perfect. Just rewind the last four minutes, listen to what Jack said, and that's how I feel. Like that I I couldn't agree more. And I actually I've noticed it in in even in the way a few players talk. Like Knabel after the, you know, Girardi's rules thing and all that, and, and we'll get more specifically into that. But, you know, he talked about, you know, oh yeah, you know, we just you know, we can't worry about it. It's just one game. You know, we gotta just move on and you know, keep going and 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 forget about it the next day. And we had Schwarber on the midday show today, and he did the same thing. Where like Joe asked a question about you know, or Marcus Hayes, I think asked a question about you know, what can you guys do to correct the 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 you know nightly miscues type of thing? And he's like, oh, you know, just forget about it and go to the next game. And like that was the message. And it's like I think that to your point, we were talking about like this message that Girardi sends to this club is like, yeah, you know what, it's just a game. Don't worry about it. It's way early, man. We got so much time. Like, don't worry about it. It's just a game. No accountability. No repercussions. Like, go out and get them the next day. Like, it's just, it, it, it is, I am so with you on this. I think that this team takes their cues from this guy. And this guy, I love the point you made about him looking like dead after a game. He's like pale and he has no energy. It's like, you know, if you go out and win a baseball game, aren't you the manager? And you're coming to me like, man, like, yeah, we had him tonight. And this, even Gabe, you remember, like, people might not like the content of what he said, but at least he had some energy and the way he delivered it was was engaged and all that. Girardi, it really does feel, I'm, I'm happy you said that because it really does feel like he doesn't want to be here. It feels like he doesn't want to be here, that that there's no fire. And, I, you know, again, the Gabe thing was perfect too. It does feel like Gabe, you watch the Giants play and they're on late and when I'm doing work and I'm up late especially on the weekends i you know watch the giants and it does feel like they just are a fiery baseball team that that is is fighting for every inch and and the same thing with the mets and and i do think those cues we we i agree from a tactical perspective and girardi has been particularly bad at that and has cost the phillies games but for the most point most part managers don't cost that many games tactically speaking but I do think from a culture clubhouse, taking your cues from the manager, how you play as a team, the attitude you have as a team, that stuff can matter. And I think we're seeing the opposite ends of that with Showalter and Kapler, what they're doing now as opposed to Girardi. Well, and you know what's annoying is maybe this whole like, oh, like it's a long season. It's a long season. It's a long season. Do you think that Buck Showalter walked into the Mets clubhouse and said, hey, it's a long season? No. Like, it doesn't matter if we start the season off slow. Um, like, Gabe has not done that from day one. I mean, they, they're still bunting and stealing bases up yeah, seven runs yeah. like, late in games. Like, that shows you 
how engaged they are. I mean, are. the Mets, the Mets bench is cleared multiple times this season already. <laughs> like, you know, like they're they're ready to fight for each other. They're ready to fight for Showalter. They believe in what they're doing and 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 they you know they have like a mission to your point like it is us against the world that you know I, i've talked about that so many times i think us against the world you know i say we've seen it in football so i mean the eagles won a super bowl that way you know i think it's such a powerful motivating factor you know just these guys in the locker room it's you guys versus everyone no one believes in you you know you're the freaking mets you lose every year like i think that stuff matters and i think it can really matter especially if you've got a group of guys that you know, want to win and, and buy into it. This this team is a bunch of, of mercenaries that don't have a guy to lead them in any way, shape, or form, and, and it seems like it's impossible for them to come together like these other teams, Jack. Yeah, and, and for as much credit as we give Showalter, and I think that he deserves a good amount, I do think I think Scherzer definitely has a lot to do with that as well. Yeah, Lindor. Um, like, those guys yeah. are winners. They're great players, and they're good dudes, and they, they go out and compete. Yeah, and I do. Th- I still believe that it's going to be Schwarber, and as he continues to to get more comfortable and um, settle into the dish, like I just think that he's going to eventually be that guy. I just think that it's just hard. It's hard for him to walk into a clubhouse with, uh, you know, Bryce, who's the MVP of of the National League, and um, is obviously a huge presence, but. Um, you know, it's hard to like, okay, well, whose locker room is it? And I think, I just think Bryce is, is a lot like how Otley was, which was just kind of a lead by example. I'm going to do my own thing. And, and Bryce is doing about as good of a job. Oh as my God. For, what but... more can the guy do? I mean, yeah. she's like, he's four hit game, three hit game, three, have PRP injection, come back three hit game, four hit game. You know, it's just, I mean, he's playing at MVP level again. And, you know, I particularly felt it in, in last night's game, the eight, four game, the four hit game for him where it was just like, it just felt like this poor guy was out there just doing, especially cause he can't play the field and all he gets is those, you know, those, those bats. And he just felt like he was trying to do everything he could Jack. And he was just, you know, especially after the night before and, and the, he, let's talk about that night. Cause I think that's, you know, the game that, you know, since we've last talked probably the most, you know, we had the, the crap series, you know, at home that, you know, just a, a horrible homestand and a disappointing homestand. But you know, that game in Atlanta with the, you know, the back and forth and Harper taking the lead in the ninth and then, you know, the decision to stick with Nick Nelson. First of all, I mean, honestly, the I, I think the, the decision to go Norwood in the sixth was just as bad. I mean, that was at a 2-2 game and fell apart, obviously, immediately. I mean, that was a absolute disastrous decision. And, you know, then the Knable decision, you know, to not go to Knable three nights in a row, not do Sir Anthony after he had only thrown 11 pitches on Sunday – um, you know, we'll get into it, the, the, I mean, part, it's part of it now. Let's just get into it. The idea of, of the way he's used his relievers as well with the, you know, using guys for wraparound innings in weird spots at home, that home series, you bring Brogdon in and get a big out or two, and then he bring him back out and he was terrible. Same thing with Alvarado. Like this guy has zero feel for this. Like unbelievable. What did you make of, of the, the first, the, the you know that horrible loss, the ninth inning, you know Nelson debacle, the, the outfield play, the whole thing, and then Girardi's management of the bullpen over this stretch, which is I think has been you know particularly bad the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean it's 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 been infuriating, and um, I, I we talked about this actually a lot when Gabe was the manager was was how 
he was obsessed with putting guys out there for a second inning after they would get out of big jams. Get yeah, out of big you spots. brought it up all the time. It was one of your bugaboos. Like you brought it up a lot. Well, and, and I bring it up because I just I I kind of I, I never pitched the major league level. I never pitched the minor league level. But when you get out when you get out of a big spot, there's just an emotional letdown. And to get yourself back up to where you were with all the adrenaline pumping, like it it, it is hard, and it's a human adjustment and. Um, it just, I don't know. I don't know why he keeps doing it. I can't remember one time, James, where it's, it's legitimately worked out. I can't either. I can't either. Like like, there was a couple of times early in the year when, when Nelson gave that, but that was like four innings he gave him or whatever, like that kind of thing. Like, you know, it was rare that it worked out where it was like the seventh inning and he did, he brought the guy back for the eighth and the guy didn't get hit or like, you know, it's just, it's so weird. He does it all the time, Jack. Well, yeah, he does it all the time, and it's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, every time it's like, yeah, he's throwing the ball well. It's like, I, I know he's throwing the ball well, <laughs> but like, but like that doesn't mean he automatically goes back out there for the for the next inning. Um, so it, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of no feel. It's a lot of between having no feel and then also not having guys up and ready to come in if a guy does fall in trouble. Like, dude. Every time Alvarado starts an inning, someone should be up. Like, it doesn't matter. If he gets through it, great. They probably threw, like, six pitches. Um, but, like, him, Familia, Norwood, if he's still here, I, I think Falter's starting tomorrow. So Yeah, I, do Nor- I mean, Norwood has to go. I, I, I think he's got stuff. He clearly has stuff, but he has to go right now. He's just not ready for this. No, he's not. And, and – <laughs> Dude, putting him in in, in a tie game in on a the two road two against, game in yeah. the sixth inning when you had just won the night before and you have a chance to to take the first two games of the series, it was it was it was infuriating, Jack. I honestly I hate just individually, I hate that decision more than the Nelson for a second inning. At least Nelson has shown he can go multiple innings and has been decent. I hate that decision too. Don't get me wrong, I hate both. But if I had to choose which was worse, I actually think Norwood in a two two game in the sixth was worse. Well, because, like, at least Nelson's pitched well. That's the point. Like, Like, Nelson's gotten outs, at least. And, uh, like, in what world was that going to work? Like, there was. What was was the. Again, I just didn't. I didn't know what the thought process was. And here's the thing that I keep coming back to on that blown game is that I felt like he went into that game thinking. Well, we're not going to have the lead anyway. Yeah. He's like, oh, and it's like, Freed versus Gibson. We're going to lose this game. Yeah. And it's like, so, okay. So you're walking into a game that basically feels like a scheduled loss. Like, you don't, you don't game plan. <laughs> you don't game plan to have Nick Nelson take down the eighth and ninth innings. There's no way that can be a possible game plan. There's, like, he basically said after the game, like, yeah, I threw him back out there because he was throwing well. Like, so, so <laughs> you're basically, like, you're basically admitting that you had no plan for the ninth. And, God forbid you get the the lead, you don't have a, a backup plan. I just don't understand how you go into a NL East division rival game in a place that you have really struggled with. Um, and, and two things: I don't know how you go into the game down three of your high leverage relievers. I know one of them was familiar. I got it. Um, but regardless, you're 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 heading into a game with th- down three of your of your big guns. You, you was one of the guys that has closed games in the what's eighth in yeah. broad hand or seventh seventh in, in, in broad hand. Which is it feels like a mistake. Just save him for the ninth in case you get the lead. Yep. And then 
the other thing that really just bothers me is that Bryce hits that big home run. It's a it's it's a it's a possible season turner. Yeah, and it's like a must win game in that moment. Yeah, and like. the, and the momentum changes. And, and Canable wanted the ball. He wanted the ball. Yeah. So and like any reliever worth his salt, if a if a, if the manager is calls your name, is going to take the ball. He's going to take the ball. And Corey is right from the standpoint of. That's my game to lose. I'm the closer. You pay me to be here to be the closer. Nick Nelson's been really good, but just let me close this game. And, you know, you have to have a feel in that moment of what that win can do for you. And I think a part of the reason why they came out the night after was because they blew that game last night. Yeah. And they were just deflated when they came back and they, they tied the totally. game last night and made totally. it 4-4. And then immediately the bullpen gave it up. In, when he like, in the Alvarado. I mean, he left Alvarado out there for like six batters or whatever it was. It was like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, so there was just there's a lot of frustrating things from it. Not having a real plan for the ninth in case you get the lead. Not being able to adjust on the fly, saying, "Hey, Corey, that's a big home run." And you know, Corey Canale would be like, "Yeah, give me the freaking ball, dude." Yeah, and or Sir Anthony uh, who hadn't pitched since Sunday. Like, now he did I know, say that I know it's Sir Anthony and the you know it's Sir Anthony, so I get it. But no, 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 no. I'm saying that Girardi did say he did have a, a case of tired arm in a way or okay. dead arm. All right. But I well, still don't I don't really buy it. I mean yeah, it sounds like it was eleven pitches on Sunday. Uh I know he threw a lot on Saturday and Sunday, whatever. It was eleven pitches. He had a whole day in between. Well, you, you gotta be able to go to him. Here here's the bigger thing. Here's the bigger thing. And like we both I, I know you do, I do. I hate this like hard and fast rule that pitchers can't pitch three days in a row this early in the season, but like whatever. All right. I can at least say, like, fine, it's early in the season. Like, I understand wanting to keep guys healthy, whatever. Like, if you truly believe that this will keep guys healthy, I can at least Miller Light. It's Miller Light time. Um, I, I can understand if you want to keep it, you know, if that's something you believe in. Whatever. I disagree with it, but whatever. But if you're going to have this policy, this rigid policy, and you know that you're in the middle of a 16-day stretch of baseball, then manage your bullpen differently going in. Then don't use all those guys in those spots. I understand there are situations that you need to win games and you need to do stuff, but don't use Knable in a four-run game. Like, I was all right with that in the moment because I think you want to win a game. But, like, if you know that you're not going to use him in three day, three games, then maybe don't put him in that game till you have to or whatever. Like, it's just there's no foreplanning. Like, it's if you're going to have this rigid, hard and fast rule where it, it almost feels, Jack, like where like he's like going into that game the other night where he's like, yeah, this is a Norwood day. Norwood's going to pitch at some point. This is a Nelson day. Nick Nelson's going to pitch at some point. Like, he goes in with this plan regardless of how the game's going to play out. Like, it, it's, it again, it almost feels like it's like bingo or yacht, not bingo, like Yahtzee where it's like you just, oh, you know, who's up this time out? Boom, you, you're, you're it. Let's go. You know, uh, it could be anybody. Like, it's just like a day where these guys are pitching and there's no no bearing on what the actual score of the game is in the situation. It's it's infuriating, man. Like, again, like, I feel like he should be fired doubly, where it's like either one of these things, his in-game management, his management bullpen is, is bad enough where he should be fired for it. And I think even worse is his, you know, management of the team and the people. It's just a disaster. Like, I, I'm, I'm so frustrated. I, I keep coming back to fire Girardi. I, I can't help it. Um, let's get into some other stuff. There, there, there are some, like, 
where you know we kind of i jump right into dry where are you at with the team overall because usually you're the one who's kind of being like hey man you know it's all good you don't worry <laughs> so you know maybe i can uh, i could probably use some of that right now um where yeah on the whole with this team right now i mean we had you know the last time we had spoken we you know sorry we waited a little while. Jack wanted to wait. Till, at first, we were going to record Monday, and then I couldn't record Sunday. I couldn't record. And then Jack didn't want to do it to the end of the series with the Braves, so that worked out. Um, so I apologize for that. But last time we spoke, you know, was good. Things were good. Things were better. Um, we had had that rough loss against the Dodgers. But, you know, we were feeling good after the 5 and road trip, and then it was really a, a tough, tough homestand you know with the you know three runs scored in the Padres series they lose a series with their scheme team scores five runs I mean that's flat out devastating and then you know this kind of weird brave series where it's you know uh, win the first you feel good and then just a gut punch loss and then a no-show and then you win the last um you know the starting pitching's been great the offense has been super inconsistent the bullpen has recently been really bad um are you still feeling you know they're gonna be fine uh not really i mean i I feel like i just feel like they're they're about a 500 baseball team right now um like obviously there's causes for optimism i i think that you feel pretty confident when at least three of your starters take the mound um i would say on most nights at this point, I mean, Nola tonight, being able to do that in um, Atlanta, which has been a place that he has struggled ever since the opening day in, in the 2019. 68 pitches like. or whatever. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was 2018. 2018. Um, but, yeah, it, regardless, like he, I feel like he's just struggled there for a long time. And, and a um, spot where they needed a win, too. You know, a spot where you lose the series. If you lose it, you're coming off two ugly losses, each in their own way. You know, we have not seen Nola be a – a stopper kind of guy, you know, and, and today he was like, they really needed to win this baseball game today, Jack, for I think a lot of reasons. And, and, you know, Nola really stepped up. I mean, he was magnificent. Yeah. And, and, uh, we, we talk a lot about it coming back to fastball command and, and being able to use his fastball and then everything looks better off of his fastball. That's what he's been doing. And it's not, it was never rocket science. It was never like, Oh my God, like, crazy idea use your fastball more it's a really good pitch um so um i do think it's officially miller time to declare that Aranola is back so i think that's an important thing to 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 get out of the way um Afflin, but yeah he just Afflin the other night too. i think i think listen i, I, I mean he was he was nasty that game I'm glad that they were able to get the deal for this year out of the way and then have a nice little mutual option for next year. Um, so hopefully that Eflin's not going anywhere because he's just a good pitcher when he's healthy. And, and um, like, he was just – I mean, he had 12 Ks. That's just dominant stuff against the best lineup in the NL. So um, when I, whenever Eflin, Wheeler, Nola – are taking them out for the most part. I think the Phillips have a good shot that night. Ranger is worrying me a little bit. Um, you know, even when he was pitching well uh, before his last start and and the start before last, where he went three innings last Friday, uh, it was a lot of like working himself in and out of jams. And uh, it was like his, his K per nine went from nine point one last year down to about seven four right now, um, which is just a pretty big loss. And like. 
for a starter, I just don't love that. And pitching to, Walk, to contact walks are way higher too for him. The walk rate. Yeah, and pitching to pitching to contact can still work, but you still need to be able to, to to generate swings and misses. So there's that concern with Ranger when when he's off plane, when he's like falling off to the to the right side of the mound. Um, that he he just can't control all the stuff. He needs to figure out. Uh, consistently staying on plane and throwing through JT rather than to JT. So hopefully um, he can kind of – because I actually thought he got into a good rhythm yesterday. Um, right and then before he got pulled. He got pulled. <laughs> right, right on time, right on time. Um, whatever. And um, and then with Gibson – And real quick on I Ranger, just, real quick on Ranger yeah. before you get to Gibson too, I'll just say like, look, I, I, we both were confident in him coming into the season and, and I still believe in him. But like – He's only had one great year, and it was like one great year where part of it was in the bullpen and part of it was the starter. So, you know, he's no sure thing. So, you know, it's not like a lock that he's going to be great. So it is it is a concern, you know, that he, you know, you want to see him kind of get back to what he was. Yeah, and, and he probably won't do, obviously, what he did no, last year. No, that, I'm, not saying, not I'm not saying 1-5 ERA, Ranger. Yeah, yeah. If he does that, they might just punch tickets to the World Series by this <laughs> point. But, um. Yeah, and then Gibson, I just, uh, I think he's fine. He, I, I just gotta, have, I just gotta get the expectations out of my head with him. Like if he gives them six innings, four runs or less, take it, take it and run. Um, Which he's done way more it. often than not this year. Like way more often than not. Yeah, it's just like when when runners get on base for him, it frustrates me a lot because <laughs> I feel like it just it, it compounds rather than stops. Um, which I guess is the reason why he's been had an up and down career so either way like you have three starters that i feel on a night and night out basis can give them a win and, and should put them in position to win and then ranger and gibby should be pretty good and, uh, and ranger has the potential to join that that group of three as a fourth guy you feel could give you a chance to win every time out. yeah for sure um the lineup you know i i know all the offensive stats i i know where they are, I know technically they're in the top five of, of most of the offensive stats, but it's still little inconsistencies. It's still they they still had what one run or less in eleven games. Eleven this year, games, which, yeah, more than a quarter yeah. of their games. So I I think you could say a lot of inconsistency, Jack. Honestly, and they'll obviously have the big games, which is which is good and, and fun for that one night. But you definitely want to see more inconsistencies. Or more consistency. They are batting like two twenty seven with uh, with the bases loaded, which isn't like a, a great sample size, but still that kind of tells you uh, some inconsistency problems with them. Um, so they're definitely more boomer bust than they thought than I thought. Um, but we all know the talent on that lineup, and if if you can just hopefully bank on the back of the baseball card. They should be fine. So that's a cause for optimism. You know, I thought Cassianos had two good at bats tonight, um, and his his mom tweeted something that they had a really tough family week. So um, it it did seem like he, something was kind of weighing on him all week. So hopefully everything's fine with them, and 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 nothing. I don't know. I just hope that everything's fine with the Cassianos family. Um, but he had a big hit late tonight uh, that made a, a nice little insurance run, which made me you know, feel a little bit more confident heading into the ninth. So Cassianos get going. Bryce being Bryce. Bomer being consistent in the two hole. I think Schwarber has put together good at bats. I, I, I genuinely I, I don't get the Schwarber freak out all the time, I guess because of the batting average, which is fine. But I think he's been the third most productive bat in this lineup. Um, you know, I think it goes 
Bryce Segura and then him. I mean, uh, the, he, he basically went a, a two, week and a half after hitting the home run on opening day without getting a hit. I think that sunk his overall numbers, but I think he's eventually going to settle into like a 230 average and 350 OBP and hopefully 30 home runs. Like I think that's kind of what he's going to settle into. Um, and hopefully there's more there. June was when he really took off last year. So, um, you know, the, the, the offense has been inconsistent. I really put up uh, whole number runs, but when you watch him every night, it's not like been that impressive. And especially when you look at offense around the league being down, it's not like what they're doing and being top, whatever. And in, in these offensive categories really matter as much when the ball's been as dead as it is. And offense has been down. So, um, that's something I got to figure out. And dude, I don't know about the bullpen. Like, I think there's, I think there's one arm I trust on, on most nights. And that's Sir Anthony. That's about it. And like Bilotti in not super like tough situations. Yeah. And I think can, on like three days rest is pretty damn good. <laughs> like he did hit 97 tonight, which was nice. Oh yeah. It seems like when he's rested, he's really good. And he, you know, kind of erodes over multiple. Starts, but regardless, well, I guess be- better better than bullpen, Nick Nelson. Being know, in the Dodgers good. bullpen, I guess, helped Canable that he didn't have the pitch every night because they had like sixteen closers coming out whenever. Yeah, it it really is a tough scene out there in the pen, man. It's uh, you know, who'd have thunk it? The uh, the bullpen and the Phillies not working out. You know, not no one saw this coming, Jack. No one could have possibly well, seen this coming. I- I believe my bold take about the bullpen heading into the season was well, yeah, top ten or bottom ten. You're looking, you're looking really good with that one, buddy. Yeah, except the, a bowl, the wrong way. A bowl also, wait, you you must have said top five or bottom five because there's no way top ten or bottom ten is not a very bold take because that's twenty out of thirty. Yeah, well, listen, uh, we we are now that we're on a Miller Lite podcast, we only do bold takes that's for a bowl right. of beer. That's right. And I, I did Miller say Lightman. top ten or bottom ten. Yeah. Did you really? I didn't think about it till just now. That's that's really not that bold. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish I had gotta have a feel. You know, <laughs> you gotta I, gotta I know I your baseball team. in the moment. Um, yeah, I uh, and we'll get. To, I know, I'm sure you got a, a a top five, and I know you got the take bag, and there's a lot to get to. So I don't really have much more to say about the team before the you know next thirty minutes are taken up by your take bag and um top five. But I'm right there with you. I'm I'm a little. I, you know, you I, you made the curse joke thing a couple pods ago or whatever it was, and and I told you that I said I don't believe in curses and all that. I'm thinking about rescinding that statement. It just it feels so similar and so eerily similar. No matter what they do, I mean, how they went out and signed Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, and you know at least got bullpen guys who have gotten out to major league baseball before and like they're better than the 82 win team last year right i mean we remember the team that was being rolled out the last month i mean i, I jack like how 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 does this happen how like gabe kapler won 80 games with reese hoskins in left field and 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 no bryce harper like in and it's still the same bleeping thing i came really close to cursing and then maybe or maybe not bleeping it out like it's the same bleeping thing jack so i am right now in limbo when it comes to are they cursed do i believe do i not believe i am right there with you know what show me something different please okay honestly i would almost be fine with them going 
20 games under 500 and just becoming a train wreck because it wouldn't be 500 jack it wouldn't be the same freaking thing um but don't do that like win games well uh, yeah <laughs> i want to go on the record games. i want to go on the record and say i would rather have them be 20 games <laughs> over 500 <laughs> it's a great, just great point all right get your take back Let, let's start the nonsense go ahead i just want to make sure that I'm on the record saying yes, I want I, them to be. I will I I I rescind okay. my statement. I want them to be 20 games over 500. How about that? You know what, um, Jack? How about 5 games over 500? How about that? How about a game over 500 right now? All right, go ahead. They're working on it. Yeah. That's what I'll say. They're, they are slow pace, buddy. Yep. Slow pace. Hey. 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 A baseball season's a marathon, not a sprint. That's what my guy Joe Girardi thinks. So mm-hmm. take that for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick's coming, obviously. I mean, how about how about Nicky? Just oh, like, Mick. I I should have led with that after the Miller Light thing. It should have been Mick next. Then after that's my fault, Mick. I apologize. You know, I just didn't want to let Jack get too big for his britches. Because, you know, Miller Lite, Spark the Pod, you know, that that's a big deal. It's really exciting. But then, you know, the whole, like, what's up, Ritzy, and all that. Like, I just didn't want to let him, you know, do his peacocking thing too much. But go ahead, Fritz. You get, we're, we're 49 <laughs> minutes in, 48 minutes in. You can peacock. Yeah. Go ahead, buddy. Well, I just want to know, like, was there a little bit of you, like, a little bit of jealousy that he was able to call me Fritzy? Like, because that was kind of your thing. You know, it you, is you my call thing. Me it is my thing. And jealousy is not the word because it's Mickey Moniac. So I'm going to I'm going to change the word from jealousy to I'm honored that Mickey would want to use my thing. That's the way I'm choosing to look. I honestly think it just validates that I'm a baseball guy because Fritzy's a baseball guy term, you know. Yeah, it is a baseball guy name. I agree. Yeah, like he knows that I he knows that I know ball, um, which oh, I appreciate. God. Can you? Are we done with this? <laughs> is this, is this? Um, no. In all seriousness, um, me and my good friend Mickey. Um, so I'm really excited for him to come up. It's just like I, and I know spring training was spring training. I just. I feel like the expectations are starting to get like a little bit out of control. Um, I'm very excited. He's my favorite player on the team. I want to see him come up and just take their center field job and run away with it. I just know it's not going to be that easy. Um, so I just, I, <laughs> I would love for him to come up and hit 300 and, and hit like 10 homers for the rest of the season. It's just, you know, I, I think I, I just want people to temper their, their, I feel like outlandish expectations um, you know, down a little bit. You know, I think he's going to be around 250 and hopefully hit like seven to eight home runs for the rest of the year and hopefully play good defense out there and hopefully have a ball's coming him, to him uh, in center field on the ground uh, that is thrown by the catcher. He's able to have his glove on the ground and able to, you know, keep that within, uh, you know, not allow the runner on first base to score. If, that, if that's the bare minimum. I can get, <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. That'd be... That would, I mean, that would what be an nice. embarrassment. And I know, to your point, he got there tonight, and I know he's had some hits. And the batting average looks good, but the LBP is literally, like, the same thing. He's got an under 300 on base. Maybe it's above 300 after tonight. Like, And, again, like, he's just the dumbest player. I hate watching him play. I hate watching him play baseball. Like, how many times do you have to see him do dumb stuff over and over and over again? I am so excited for Mickey to come up. 
for uh, uh, many reasons, but replacing that guy is one of them. And to your point, yes, temper expectations, like give Mickey a chance. He's still a 24-year-old kid who has really not played that many games at the major league level. So um, temper the expectations, but I will say it is exciting to see people other than you and me excited about Mickey Moniak. And, you know, yes, part of that is because of the dude playing there now and Roman Quinn, who is really, I think everyone is rooting for, but I don't think anyone has any faith that he will still be healthy tomorrow, much less a month from now, much less at the end of the season. You know, and I hope, we all hope he does, because he really does seem like a kid. And he does add stuff as a bench player. I think Roman Quinn is a bench weapon. It's actually a valuable thing to have with obviously the speed and the defensive replacement potential and the switch hitting and all that. I do think as a bench player, he's a really nice player to have on your in your 25-man or 26-man roster, whatever it is now. But, I mean, Mick has a chance to come up and, and actually make a difference in a spot of, of need and I'm so with you. I'm really hoping it can happen. And it's just exciting to see other people excited about Mick because he has, you know, had a tough go of it from the fan perspective because he was drafted so young. And it takes time for a 17-year-old kid who's undersized to get to the major leagues. But for everyone else, it's like, oh, first-round pick. Oh, he stinks. He's never going to get there, all that. Like, I really i am excited to see people excited for him to come up, and, and I'm just hoping if he can get something done, it, it'd just be such a – you know, obviously we love the guy. He's our dude, but, but it'd just be such a great Philadelphia sports story, you know, because I do think, you know, the vast majority of Phillies fans counted him out. Yeah, and and you uh, you summed up how I feel. You know, I I have this like I do genuinely have a little a little bit of nervousness of, of him coming up and um, people <laughs> just like I do. I just I genuinely yeah. do. So, um, and honestly, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with the outfield because um, I think Sunday they gotta take the the pitchers from thirteen to ten, which I'm sure is. <laughs> going to be great for, oh God. for our manager um we'll see if norwood makes the cut um, oh my God. yeah it's something like that i don't have the exact lane in front of me but they got to make a some kind of roster crunch on on um it probably won't go so. down to 10 10 feels low but either way i know what you mean there's something coming um that's <laughs> i think, it, I think they lose two roster spots i think it goes from 28 to 26 maybe or no they go from 30 yeah, to, something 30 like to that. 26 something like it's something like that anyway go ahead um, but like, I just don't know how the puzzle works. Um, because Mickey's a lefty, Odubel's a lefty, Roman can, can play, uh, is a switch header. And like, what's really the point of having two lefty, two lefty center fielders? Um, none of them, I don't think, obviously Mickey probably has options, but they're bringing him up to play. So I don't think Odubel has options and I don't think Roman has options. So um it'll be interesting like i wonder if they just dfa roman i wonder if they just but oduble's swinging the bat well enough to where i guess they would keep him around yeah i don't Um, think they get rid of him yeah well i just until he's officially maybe retired i think he's always gonna be (laughs) so like like, um um so it's gonna be interesting but like roman if he can just be a, a bench guy like, I mean, he threw the ball 100 miles an hour from center yeah. field. Like, yeah. I love him as a bench the, piece. I love him as a bench piece. 
it's probably the most wild thing I've ever seen a Philly like a Philly do. Honestly, like Roman Quinn, a, a random Philly athlete, like Roman came coming out of nowhere and throwing the ball a like hundred miles an hour. From well, remember he pitched back in the day. I think it was with Gabe. Maybe he pitched and he was pretty good. Was, I think he was like throwing at like ninety miles an hour or whatever. Uh, but I think it's also especially stark when you compare it to like. I mean, Castellanos' arm is terrible. Schwarber's is that much worse. Schwarber has, like, man, one of the weakest arms we've seen in the outfield. And then Odubel has a pretty bad arm, too. So I think it's not only was it so impressive in the moment, it was like just seeing a Phillies outfielder this season throw a ball like that was thrilling. It really was. It shows that there can be some fun in a baseball game. Really reminded me of the uh, the Victorino throw in two thousand eight to to maintain Lidge's perfect season. Um, <laughs> you ready to nerd out about some pitching? When am I, when am I not? Are you going to talk about uh, curveball break? Yes, I, I am going to talk about. I know it. Lay it on horizontal us. Horizontal and vertical break. <laughs> on um, so many accuse this podcast of just being hype men and with no real baseball analysis. Um, oh, get so ready, people. So, Fritz so is, Fritz think, is coming for you. <laughs> if you ever think that's the case, send this clip to your friends and, and, tell, <laughs> and tell them it's Miller time. Um, but Cora Canales curveball has taken a new shape, James. It's got a new pitch shape to it. It has been a traditional 12-6 hammer, but what you're getting more recently is more of a sweeper action to it, oh, which means I love a good it, sweeper. You know, it's getting a little bit more slider-ish. Um, so, for example, Corey Knabel was averaging 64 inches of uh, vertical depth to his curveball this year, which was up from 56 inches last year with the, the Dodgers, which would suggest that he was throwing it tighter last year slash harder and getting it to have less spin, thus being a more effective pitch. But what's happening this year is that it's gotten more loopy. And with it getting more loopy, it's been getting hit way harder. So he's made an adjustment towards having more of a sweeper action to it thus having better results in his last two outings. I like how you kind of kept the voice for that. You know, you kind of kept that like thus and the da 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 like the cadence. You didn't just start with the kind of mocking voice of like, I know baseball bitches kind of thing, you know, <laughs> like, all right, enough of this. Like you did it. You, you went with the voice. The I don't time. just tweet. I just don't good. tweet and talk about who this let the Phillies get this hot. Is, and, this is clearly people. You, you, people got to you somehow and made you that let you feel a little bit like, yo, enough of this. All right. I, I, I'm, 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 like, I'm a baseball man for I'm a Miller Lightman first, a baseball man second and everything else third. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, yeah, I tweet let, who lets the Phillies get hot, and I don't feel like getting in Twitter debates because it just drives me crazy. So, like, I just appeal towards more <laughs> towards positivity more. Um, <laughs> you so don't, I you don't have to the, tell me, brother. All right. I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't need people. Sorry. To be, Whoa, all you do is tweet. Like, yeah, send them the clip of me talking about Canable's curveball, and then to just say, "Oh, he doesn't know baseball." Bang! Let's have a, a minute breakdown of the change in Corey Canable's curveball. I feel anyway. like I feel like this might be a straw man kind of thing. I don't really know if there's anyone out there who's like, "Yeah, Fritz doesn't know baseball, loser." But I like the oh yeah, it. I like no, that. It's maybe, I like dude, the, it's maybe, again. It's us against the world. It's you against the world. I like it. 
Oh, it might be like three people on Twitter. This is strictly <laughs> for three people. Like it's, that's all. That's all this is. Uh, but no, in, in non-bit form, uh, he actually looks like he's changed shape in his curveball because because honestly, it was getting loopy there for a second, and it was like, dude, I've watched Corey Knibble curveballs. Like they are disgusting. I don't know where this kind of bad curveball has come from. So, um, you know, I think it's a good adjustment. He's been getting better swings on it. Um, and last two outings, I think have been pretty good. And it, it looks like he kind of changed the, the, the spin on his curveball. So that's one to monitor going forward and, and hopefully he can kind of put the little shakiness behind it. Cause I, I think Knable's nasty. I don't, yeah, he's I don't, good. I th- he's good. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that takes much crazy analysis. Um, shout out to our guy, Joe Kornick. After June 16th. Yeah, this is a great point. Well done, Joe Cornick. After June 16th, 40 of the Phil's last 99 games are against the Reds, Pirates, Cubs, and Nationals. Yeah, and it's not just that. Like, if you go just, just if you want a fun little exercise, go to like uh, ESPN schedule or whatever, and they have the first and the second half split up, and you look at the first half and you scroll through, and really, you know, we all know this gauntlet that they're in the middle of now where we still have the Angels and Giants and all that stuff coming up, and the Mets, obviously, and all that. Um, the second half of the schedule is, to Jack's point, it's a lot of Reds, it's a lot of Pirates, it's a lot of Nationals. Think about it, they haven't played them. They've played 19 games against the Nationals. They've not played them yet. The Nationals are far and away the worst team in the NL East. So, you know, there, there, there is really, if you are, are looking for the patented, what Jack normally gives you and did not give you tonight, the, it's all going to be okay of it all. Like looking at the second half schedule is about as good, a, a good, a thing as you're going to get right now, I think. Yeah. And I don't want to be the whole, you know, uh, I, I, uh, I'm not track. It's okay. It's okay. You have no, a night. Just like, you'll, just, you'll be back. They'll win two in a row and you'll, you'll be throwing a parade. It's fine. We know you. I mean, probably you're not wrong. <laughs> um, but what do you said? What you said earlier about how it just feels like the same, like it just feels like the same. It so until like same. something yes. uh, noticeable stick sticks out, um, I'm kind of in the it's the same kind of thing. You know what I look forward to, James, around, I don't know, July 22nd through July 31st. Do you know what I'm looking forward to? Ooh, I love a good specific date, July 22nd to July 31st, trade deadline time. Yes. What am I looking forward <laughs> to around trade deadline time? The Phillies to trade for a reliever, maybe? I don't know. No. I mean, obviously that'd be Oh, nice. draft? But is the draft coming up around mm, then? Mm, no. Mm, no. The draft's earlier. You know what I'm looking forward to, yeah, James? Yeah, the draft's earlier. Give it to me. I'm looking forward to the Braves selling at the deadline. Oh! That- that team reeks, man. Like they are, they are like, I am so glad they're finally paying for the Freddie Freeman, um, letting him go and just saying, Oh, Matt Olson will do the thing. Like the Phillies willfully let Austin Riley heat up. They let Dansby Swanson heat up. They even let Matt Olson then heat up. That team stinks. Like they, they just, they don't have it. They 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 have holes in the lineup. I feel Darnold. like this is a dangerous game you're playing right now, Jack. Eh, whatever. Uh, it's uh, Miller time. I mean, yeah, I mean we. <laughs> Darnold's your your in the history hole. with these specific type of things is <laughs> horrific. 
if we're being honest. Your passwords, <laughs> really all your, all your, like Jack always tries to, like in the past, has tried to mush people with his passwords, and it always backfires. The bio, like, well, I, re- I don't I know really, if that's true, I James. I really feel like we we don't we don't edit the podcast. I really feel like we should consider taking the last two minutes out and pretending it never happened. <laughs> You brought up the passwords thing. Yes. And while I agree, it got off to a slow start at the beginning of this year, James. Yes. I believe Frankie Lindor has been had a down year. There's been a lot of talk up in New York about Frankie Lindor and how that contract's a bust. Now, I might have got the player wrong. You know, I probably should have picked Pete Alonso for my password this time. <laughs> but But Lindor has not been doing well. So I think the password bit, we're going to keep that one going because I think it does more. I think it helps the team more than it hurts the team at this point. I like um, it. I like it. But yeah, no, that Braves team stinks. So um, don't edit it out. It's going to age gracefully. Okay. Like I'll leave it in. I just, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll remember it. That's for sure. Yeah. No, you really will. So I'm not looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> we brought up Gabe versus Girardi earlier. And it's just so funny how the critiques of Gabe were like, dude, why are you trying to win every night? Like, remember he would like, remember the one time he pulled Scott oh, Perry totally. in the yes. second inning yes. and how it just felt like every night he's like, go for broke every single night. Like, like whatever, if he had a chance to win, he's going to do everything it takes to win that game. And then he go to, to Girardi. Who's like, yeah, we need these arms in September. It's like, well, Hey Joe, what if we're like, 10 games out in September, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just so funny seeing the difference going from Gabe, ultra-aggressive all the time, to uh, Mr. Not-Aggressive and Joe Girardi. It's a great point. Okay. So, uh, that's it for the take back. Ooh, now, top five. The top five worst Joe Girardi decisions uh, so far this year. It's oh, only wow. May, James. It's wow. only May. Wow. I have been keeping the Girardi files. Um, oh, love it. In my notes. Uh, I just always like kind of forget to always bring up my podcast. But here is my top five worst I'm, Girardi I'm, I'm very excited for this. Go ahead. Um, number five was against the Mets on May 8th. And <laughs> you really have to keep him. This is great. Good work. Uh, I guess the Mets on May 8th, the Phillies were down, but they're in the process of rallying late in the game. And he let Bryson Stott, who I still believe in, but man is just struggling at the plate right now. But yeah, even back tough. in May. Yeah, it's a tough go of it. Um, late in the game, he has a lefty on the mound. Camargo is is right there uh, for a yeah, natural I, switch. I remember this. Yeah. Runners on first and second with the lefty on the mound and like one out. He let Bryson Stott bat. And it's like, again, what are we doing here? What was the point of that decision? It was a natural move you could have made. And it might have not worked out. But I think it would have worked out better than, than Stotty in, in, in that scenario. I, real quick, I love that you could have easily probably gone with 10 pitching decisions, and I appreciate you starting with the hitting decision. That's good work. Well, you know, it's a, it, they're, both, both things matter in this, in this scenario. Don't worry. The rest are all pitching uh, That's decisions. what I figured, because <laughs> I could only think of pitching ones. Go ahead. Now, you may think that how could 
two of your top five of this entire season be happening in the same series. Oh, that I'm just so occurred. happy they are because I agree with you. Pulling Ranger last night after 88 pitches when he's on a roll for Jose Alvarado in in the the sixth inning, and he we mentioned it earlier, not having anyone ready to go if Alvarado doesn't have it that night, which on most nights he doesn't. And all of a sudden they're down like two runs. It was a very very quick explosion by by Jose Alvarado. So my fourth worst Girardi decision of the year was pulling Ranger last night. Yeah, it was disastrous. And again, coupled with the Alvarado, I think pulling him in the first place for anybody was the wrong move. But then the Alvarado thing just obviously just compounded it. Um, this this game they ended up winning. So, but it was based on pure luck. But number three. This whole inning was a disaster, but this one really stuck out. When they were in the process of blowing the 7-1 lead out in L.A., 7-3 when Alvarado got in, runners on second and third with one out, he lets Jose Alvarado pitch to Chris Taylor oh, yeah. With, yeah. A, with a base open and Gavin Lux on deck. And Chris Taylor tied the game up milliseconds later. I mean, just egregious manager decision from Joe Girardi. Yeah, that was a a horrendous decision. Number two, um, out in Colorado, pulling Sir Anthony, putting in... Oh, this... (laughs) Yeah, if it weren't for for two nights ago, this would have been number one. Putting in a very similar throwing pitcher in in Familia to face CJ Crone and... The pitch selection was not Girardi's fault, but putting Familia in that situation, Crone ties it up, and or no, Crone gave him the lead, and uh, they lose the game out in in Colorado, and we all know what number one is Tuesday night or Mon, uh yeah Tuesday night with the first Norwood. I mean Norwood in the sixth was egregious. Yes, but I honestly um, think it's worse. They're both bad. I I personally think Norwood in the sixth was worse. I it was bad process, especially with like. When Bilotti came in and was obviously good. That like, was the it, point. It's like Bilotti came in and like somehow managed to get out of bases loaded, no outs with only giving up the one run or whatever it was. I think it was maybe, yeah, he only gave up one of them because it was it was 2-2. Norwood gives up a run, it's 3-2, and bases loaded, no outs. And then Bilotti came in and only gave up one run on a sack fly. Otherwise, it was like really good. So That's what I got. The top five worst Girardi. So it's a strong, strong list. Could hey, have been, don't worry. Could have been there will be more by the end of the year. Yeah, let's hope not, Jack. Let's hope there are fewer and fewer. Um, all right. This is a long one. This is good. We came back. We brought it. Well, for, I didn't realize no it had been so long since you recorded, but, <laughs> you know. Been a while. Um, I, listen, I... <laughs> With with Miller Lite on on board now, uh, there's going to be a higher frequency of podcasts. Yes, the analytics and, will change. Yes, and I think uh, we definitely want to do. You know, we usually try to do after series, after um, you know, mostly after series. Um, but we definitely want to be committed to if something big happens in a game, like a walk off or uh, just an epic meltdown. Just committing to doing a little bit of a, a reaction pod to that. So uh, we'll be back in full force. And again, June 11th. Yes. June 11th. Uh, again, drink Miller light. Again, if you see Jack Fritz, ask him to say Miller light. And, um, and you know, how about, you know, it would be cool. Now that we have this Miller light thing going and, and the Phillies are one to know since we've started it. 
you know, let's keep winning games. How about that? How about we have a fun baseball team? How about you wow, make- I didn't know. I didn't know we were turning into a hot take podcast. Now that we are <laughs> with, a, with, with a sponsor, I didn't know that's not on my watch, we Jack. Not on my watch. I never really have given out hot takes, but if we're going full hot take, uh, given that you just opened the the door, um, <laughs> I did. What? I- <laughs> Go ahead. Give us a hot take on the way out. I think the Phils need to win more games than they lose for the oh, rest of the buddy, year. Oh, buddy, that is a really good one. I, I'll go a step further. They have to win, like, 10 more games than they lose the rest of the year. Ah, maybe, like, 15 more games the rest of the year. So let's do it. What do you think, buddy? No time like the present, Jack, to start it. You ready for a real scorcher? Yeah. Um. Spencer Strider and Griff McGarry remind me a lot of each other. Spencer so. Strider is disgusting. Nasty, dude. Like nasty. That dude I was I was super jealous of the Rays having that guy. He's good. That's all right. Griff's coming soon. Griff's yeah. coming soon. Griff. All right. Yes. Um, I'm going to bed. Well, I'm not. I have to edit and post it. But after that, I'm going to bed. Um, Miller Lite, drink Miller Lights. Thank you to Miller Lite. We're super excited. It's gonna be a fun season and the Phillies win games because that'll make it more fun. Um, you got anything else? Can we go? Are we done? Oh, hold on. One final thing. Um, <laughs> He's Fred's himself. So we'll see you later.